Hey everyone, I'm Fredo. And I'm Benji. And this is Apes on Tape Podcast. Welcome. Hey everyone, welcome back. Hello guys, we've missed you. Have you missed us? Yes, I think we're going to be calling this season two. Mm. Well, this is the Christmas special. This is the Christmas special. It's going to be festive, it's going to be special. And it's going to be Christmas. Exactly. And we're, uh, we're sorry we just left you in the lurch at the end there, 27 episodes in. We would have loved to have rounded it off with the 28th and, and told you that we were going to come to a close. But uh, there were some pr- previous commitments. and uh, It's, it's pre- not the way it went down, Johnny. Mm. It's kind of hard to pin Benji down sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah, this Benji character does sound like a flighty young go-getter. Yeah. And it was, uh, but yeah. Anyway, just a little little heads up. Moving forward with the podcast, it probably won't be strictly weekly. We will definitely be regularly updating the podcast, but we're taking a more relaxed approach to it to to fit it in with our with our schedules, or at least Benji's schedule. It's <laughs> going to be more sustainable. Yes, you know? exactly. Mm. Perfect. Mm. Well. What are you grateful for? Indeed, what am I grateful for? Um, at the moment, I am pretty damn grateful for my job. Um, mm. I've spent a lot of my life sort of scrimping and scraping by by the seat of my, you know, what is it? Flying by the seat of my pants, the skin of my teeth. Mm. And um, and I've uh, I've taken a full time job uh, this this coming winter season at uh, Cuisine Twenty Two, Cuisine Vendor, and I'm pretty excited to have that. Um, a stable income because it's not something I'm terribly terribly used to. Um, mm. So hopefully, hopefully COVID won't come back and and close everything down, yeah. and I'll get to enjoy being enveloped in the French system and you know, paying my taxes and having a, a nice amount of money. That's great. Into my account. That's such a great thing to be grateful for as well, isn't it? To have like a stable income, steady job, good work colleagues, routine. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, it's all very valuable. And on top of that, to be perfectly honest, work is. Work is great from all angles. I'm I'm also really grateful for um, the ever expanding um, artwork that I'm uh, that I'm getting commissioned to do, which is uh, which is also filling my days. Um, so that's that's fantastic. So really, I am um, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm looking looking quite stable at the mm. moment, which is a re- really really wonderful feeling. It's such a nice sensation to to in inverted commas be a you know a successful artist i guess mm. i think i'm allowed to call myself that because yeah well people are paying you to do commissioned artwork so yeah yeah, yeah so that's good actually people are paying me to do commissioned artwork yeah, now which, is, which is fantastic um well i oh you're bob yeah my i did a I, not, <laughs> well, let's not say too much because uh just in case the, the yeah, person that yeah. it's for listen to the podcast mm. uh, i stopped myself just yeah, in time yeah. i forgot it was a, it was a, it, we'll, we'll have to uh, i did i did a, a lot of artwork recently that people were were paying me to do for them and i was like oh this mm. is great mm. uh, actually we can springboard into more of that story mm. um l- later on but uh I want to tell you what I'm grateful for. Please do. Uh, I'm grateful that we got the podcast back. Yeah. Oh, I'm stoked, mate. I'm absolutely stoked to it's be across nice, a microphone man. with you again. Mm, yeah. Apes on tape. It's such Great. a nice, valuable, um, valuable asset we have to, to our friendship. I've definitely explained it in a similar way before, uh, perhaps not on the podcast, but um, it's like having photos Mm. of a friendship and looking back and we look oh remember that time we went to Drusilla's and fed the penguins and oh remember that time we went oh that was so good I, I really love that we, this is something that we we do as a hobby mm. it's something that we get to share and I, I, I've, I've said before I like looking into the future or looking back from the future that mm. hasn't yet arrived and imagining us you know in our late 
40s or 50s and being like, oh, do you want to re-listen to episode 20, uh, 29, that really funny one about, yeah. you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And it was just going to be such a nice, you know, time capsule for us exactly. um, to you know, categorise and catalogue our friendship and, and, and the many things that we've we've already gone through together and I'm sure I'm sure we'll continue to do. Exactly. I spoke to you recently actually about how when you were away I was missing you. I was like, Oh, I really miss Benji. La, and la, I would la, la. and I would listen to the podcast. I would like, you know, mm. I'd be out riding my bike and I'd be like, Oh, I was gonna chuck a podcast on and because and they're so easy to digest, especially on two speed, mm. I could like easily like in an hour I'd, like just chomp down two podcasts and I'd be like, Oh, mm. I've got my Benji fix, you know, like <laughs> you know, even though like I know what jokes are coming up, I know the punchlines, yeah. you know, I can just listen to them again. I'd be like, Oh yeah, it's great. That's and so it's just nice. such a wonderful thing for like two friends to have. And also the fact that we have an audience and mm. we were speaking uh, recently about um how lucky it is that we have an engaged audience that that really mm. that chime in with like valuable feedback and mm. you know, it's very flattering yeah it is it is it's it's very nice. lovely it's nice to have isn't it it's very mm. wonderful it's very it's very therapeutic mm. actually and actually saying saying therapeutic that's another thing that i am massively grateful for is something i've just started is therapy mm, the value the value the absolute exponential value of you know just having someone that is you know dedicated to to listening in and uh, and helping you through your your many trials and tribulations uh, and uh, actually while while I'm while we're, again we're talking about gratitude yeah it was um something I felt that I wanted to embark on and, and have done for some time and really haven't felt as if it's something that I can realistically afford Although I actually, you know, I'm a massive ag- advocate for it. I, you know, I have mm. I have dipped my toe into it a few times before for more necessary reasons. Um, and anyone I speak to, um, you know, advocates for it massively. Um, but yeah, I've never felt, you know, financially stable enough to, to put, you know, what is, let's be honest, quite a lot of money into, into that sort of thing. It is quite expensive, <clears throat> isn't it? And sometimes it you think... Like, could I, can I put a monetary value on my mental health? And then mm. you, sometimes you think, well, yeah, actually, I yeah. can't, like that, you know, yeah. is that, is that financial strain going to put more of a burden on me? Yeah, that's um, true. So it's, it is, it is a, it is a concern. Yeah. Well, I ended up asking, um, um, uh, my good dear friend who, who's, um, Barbara, who's, uh, who's been a, been a role model for me for, for most of my life. And, uh, yeah, she was kind enough to, to loan me the money. Um, which then enabled me to have enough money to to take therapy, and in, in that in that moment, she also actually said said it was a gift, mm. which was in- incredibly amazing and generous. How wonderfully generous! Yeah, cheers, ama- Babs. Yeah, amazing generosity, and now and now I get to you know um, have these therapeutic com- conversations, which are just they're so illuminating, mm. so helpful. And, yeah, um, yeah, I, I couldn't be loving it more. Exactly. I think I mentioned that I went on Better Help for a month. Mm. I think I mentioned that in, the, in some previous podcasts. But if I didn't, then I'll, I'll definitely uh, chime in again. But uh, there's mm. a thing called Better Help. Uh, the only cons I would say was that it's it's an American based uh, therapy session. So they were like my therapist was seven hours behind me. So mm. I'd always have therapy in the evenings. Again, that's that's not. But it was affordable, and my mm. experience of it was really great. There was journal prompting. There was a lot of insights. There was a lot of. It was very very valuable. Um, the only reason I stopped was because I felt like I had got everything I needed from it. Mm. Um, for for that one month, and I was I was flying high. My mental health was robust, mm. and yeah, there is a lot of value value mm. in therapy. And uh, on the subject of my mental health, it's been very robust recently as well, which which is definitely what I'm grateful for. Yeah, wonderful, immensely, 
immensely so. And I think one of the things that I'm actually very, very grateful for is just having space on my own, like having that mm. um, space in my house on my own has been has been wonderful you know just to be like getting up and you know doing my morning routine you know meditating having that time to like stretch in the morning and you know do my gratitude journal I've been gushing into the gratitude journal recently mm. about everything just the smallest tiniest things like sun on my face it's been mm. it's been beautiful and especially like this time of year where the sun is low in the sky and I've got south-facing windows it's beautiful it just beams around nice. in the daytime and I get lots of indoor sunshine so Glorious. yeah that's wonderful that's wonderful Congrats. Mm. So tell me more about your therapy. I mean, you, you seem to have a really great therapist. Yeah, she uh, she is great. I don't want to actually talk too much about it uh, <laughs> on, a, on a public oh, platform. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just sort of, you know, bears all to see. But yeah, it's just wonderful to have that, that time, that introspection. And I get a lot of homework um, and writing to do, which is, you know, you sort of can be incredibly valuable even mm. by itself without the direction of, of some of a professional to just write and it almost feels as if someone else is in the someone else is in the pen mm. or someone else is in the page and you sort of you sort of allow them out by by writing and you just you just keep going and you're like oh I didn't realize I thought that or I didn't realize I could I could put that thought down and then and then leave it there and then build on top of it whereas it just when it's when everything's in your head it just jumbles around like a washing machine and it's really hard to to let thoughts grow and and understand them fully. But when you when you write them down, you you, you are able to to have a discussion with yourself, and you can find things out just by just by writing. Exactly. Yeah. I think one of the most valuable things from my therapy was just the journal prompts, mm. and it was just like it, it 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 was it was framed as like oh just fill out this questionnaire. I was like oh okay I'll just you know I'm paying for this so I may as well mm-hmm. and I was like oh you've actually tricked me into into a massive journal <laughs> a massive journaling session this isn't just uh this isn't just a questionnaire this is like mm. you know how you know how do you value friends and money mm. and safety mm. and security and I was like oh right okay well mm. oh, okay well yeah seeing as yeah and then I was just like oh wow and then it's just such illuminating my my priorities yeah. in, in life but yeah. uh, but yeah segueing away from that mm. uh what have we been up to since the last podcast uh, I think Indeed. you know we've both been back to the UK, which is nice. Yeah, um, which was re- really good for me. Uh, I went on a on an aeroplane for the first time since since my accident. Mm. Um, How was that? It was great. It was really fun. Mm. Uh, I went with my mum and dad mm. and. My mum is a is a is a is a complete worrier, uh, and we weren't sitting together, which was which was even funnier. But one of the most funny things that well, there's a few amusing anecdotes from from my time on the plane. Mm. Uh, when I went onto the plane, uh, the, the guy, you know, who they so they sit you in what's called an aisle chair, so they take away your wheelchair and they sit you on this little aisle chair which doesn't have you know you can't self propel, mm. and they push you down. And I was like, oh, do I not get to sit? You know, in the front seat, I, I specially booked the front seat and they were like, oh, no, because you can't, you, you know, do the emergency exit. Mm. I was like, what about the other four people? Like, you sure I can't sit here? Because it's, it's a lot more convenient for me to sit here. And they were like, mm. no, no. And um, they were like, um, OK, so you, I, I had an aisle seat and I was like, fair enough. Like, I can I can transfer into the aisle seat. That's fine. Uh, and I just said to the guy, I was like, oh, before you go, is my, my, my black suitcase is, is here. Yeah, He's like, yeah, yeah, it's definitely on the plane. Mm. And then fast forward, like, um, you know, a little bit. Uh, and then one of the stewardesses was like, who is this black suitcase just left on the seat here? And I was like, oh, I think that's mine. And she was like, well, can you come over here and put it in the overhead locker? And I was like, no, actually, actually, I can't. And then she looked at me like, as, like 
and then the, the other stewardess like caught her eye and was just like oh, no 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 and just like ran over <laughs> don't worry I'll, I'll, I'll sort that out for you and then like you know and I was just it was very oh, very funny so, like and then yeah. she come over and was like oh I'm very sorry I don't, I don't worry I thought it was very funny the other <laughs> really funny thing was that um, the the dead giveaway for me being in a wheelchair is me being in a wheelchair mm. right so when I'm sat like in the aisle seat yeah. and this and this woman and her son come up and was like oh that there are seats and I was like, oh, yeah, um, yeah. And she was like, well, can you move? And I was like, actually, I can't. And she looked at me the same way, like, um, are you taking the piss? I don't yeah. know, is this some sort of joke that I'm not in on? Yeah. And I was like, actually, I'm I'm disabled. I, I can't move my legs. So I, oh, I, I and, and then luckily, actually, That's... she was like, oh, you're so cruel. <laughs> you could like approach this situation so much more openly for these people. But you're like, you're just like, you know, sort of as if like <laughs> turning and biting your lip. Like, oh, actually, I can't. Just allowing people to march unknowingly into a <laughs> minefield of political correctness and difficulty like like you, you almost want them to be like oh you fucking idiot just get out and be like oh I'm in a wheelchair look how much of a cunt you are <laughs> but well, you know what I'm saying like without without the wheelchair it's not yeah. it's, it's a dead giveaway like yeah. without the wheelchair I'm just some guy just sat there he doesn't look disabled he's yeah. young he's you know fit and he's just like oh you know like just the mm. stubborn guy who mm. won't move and I'm like actually I, I can't move mm. um, luckily for me she was she was lovely and she'd actually Mm. She recognised my shoes of all the of all the things. Yeah, um, like had some vans that were like checkered, and she was like, "Oh, I recognise your shoes. I saw you in the wheelchair. You're right. Like now I remember." Mm. And so she stepped over me, and so did her son, and they were lovely. And I was just mm. like, "Oh," yeah. and we ended up having this wonderful conversation about the the passenger locator form, oh, yeah. which uh, which is so funny because I what right. If, if you don't know about the passenger locator form, it's this thing where... May it... you never have to learn. <laughs> May, you... May you always be unknowing of the horrors that await you <laughs> in what is an atrocity God, it's human compliance shit with travel. It's such a ball ache. I'm not going to bother... It, how, how, well, it's just this form you have to fill out, but... It well, is... I think you should bother. Okay, well, it's a form you need to fill out, which seems on the surface... Easy. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I've just got to, I've just got to fill out this form. But then you've got to book a test, which is so unnecessarily complicated and stressful. Mm. I'd like to be even more specific about the literally the link that you go from when you're booking. That it's on the standard like .gov form, which is all you know a ball lake nonetheless, but it all makes sense. And then when you're like, and all you need to do is just input your test code here, and you're like, oh, so I need to book a test. I'll just click this appropriately placed link here <laughs> to to where I'll be able to book the test I need. And you click the link, and then it just transfers you to this page that has been built by imbecile <laughs> monkeys. No one has... I mean, even I could code a better web page than that. And it's just from A to Z, or zero to Z, mm. a list of the hundreds of establishments all over the United Kingdom that you can go to book a test. And they range from £2.50 to £250. Yeah. And you have no idea of whether it's in Bradford, Liverpool, or Kent, or anywhere. You're just like, oh, 
I'd like this one, please. Like, yeah, it's only £2.50. Oh, and then you get to the payment page and it's actually, you know, 75 quid. Yeah. Oh, that was that was bonkers, right? Because you're like, well, oh. of course I want the, the cheap one. Mm. And then you you, you, go, you click on the link and you're like, oh, yeah, actually, no, it, it's 70 quid. And you're like, oh, well, that seems quite steep. That mm. So then you go then you go back and you're like, well, what about the five euro one? Mm. And then the same thing happens. And, mm. and, uh, and I was telling you about my... Uh, oh, that was right. So when my, my mum visited, so that's another thing that happened. My my mum and dad visited and they were trying to tell you about the passenger locator form. And I was like, oh, please, let's not talk about that because it's a, it's a boring story. And, mm. it, you know, Benji doesn't need to know about that, mm. which is funny because then you had the passenger locator form and then was like, mm. oh, I can see why your, da- your parents wanted yeah. to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> Thank God I was warned because it was it literally took me three hours at two different bank hands and 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 three different friends to help me through the I know through the situation it was so funny so yeah, yeah anyway so bless her this this lady um her name was Sybil and she was lovely she was Swiss German and she sat next to me and she was in the airport didn't realize she needed a passenger locator form and needed to do it in the airport and I was nightmare. like oh my god what a nightmare Your that must have been yeah. and she was like yeah she was like oh and she just like led it all out and I was like I'm ready to receive you know Tell me, and she was like, "Oh God, what a boy!" She was crying in the in crying in the airport, crying mm. almost like fighting back tears. You know, she barely made it on the plane, mm. and was just like, "Oh!" And and she paid me a lovely compliment actually. By the time we landed and we'd spoken the whole way, mm. she was like, "I was like, oh, I really hope that you know, um, mm. having this chat has like softened the blow mm. of the whole passenger locator form stuff." She's like, "It really has actually. Mm. You've been really lovely, and I really appreciate the chat." And I was like, "No worries." Mm. So that that's that was really nice. Nice. Um, yeah. Anyone needs a decompression, de-stress chamber after the passenger locator form. God, I yeah. I say, nightmare. So. But maybe we can't dwell on it too much, you know. Maybe maybe not all of you will have to suffer this uh, intense hardship. It's so, <laughs> <laughs> it's so <coughs> unnecessarily stressful, though. Yeah, yeah. Especially then, if you do it at the airport. Oh, I needed God. three hours mm. to complete my form yeah. in its in entirety. Fortunately, I have now learnt ways to... Yeah, well, then, yeah. then you find out that, like, actually you can put in any number. Mm, yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. you can use one that you've used before, use mm. one that your mates used before. You could literally make one up and mm. pop it in there. Mm. Well, why didn't I know? Because no one checks. Mm. So it's not like, it's like an idiot tax. Yeah. It's not what? like, it's not like it's it put in place to be like, oh, you know, let's make sure you don't have COVID. It's like, no, 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 let's just it take seems some to of your like money. Squeeze some money out Absolutely. of you. Absolutely. And haven't tra- traveled, you know, um, twice now. And realising that that's actually the case, that no one is going to ring me up to check mm. that I've had a COVID test like you just squeezed that money out of me for. I'm like, you don't actually care. Yeah. You are full of shit. You're putting <laughs> this stress on me, the responsibility on me, the bill on me, and you actually don't care what the result is. I could be riddled with COVID. <laughs> you could be riddled with it. I could be <laughs> coughing and splatting all over everyone. Yeah. And they're like, well, that's not a problem. You pay for the test. Like, yeah, but it, I pay for a test in Bradford. <laughs> You know, I live in I live in Tunbridge Wells. I'm not going to come and get a test from you, you idiot. I know. So anyway, stressful. And my and my mum and dad. Yeah, you know, it was stressful enough for my mum and dad. Mm. Uh, so much so that I was like, you know, we're going to go around and meet Benji for the first time. Uh, please don't talk about the passenger location <laughs> form. Although in hindsight, it would have been. It would have been quite enlightening for you because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to. So oh, it was so funny how I was telling you. Oh, the passenger locator form. By the way, it's it, it's quite. And you were like, "Oh, I'm I'm sure it'll be fine." And then three hours later, you were like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad you told me to do that." <laughs> yeah, would have been oh, a lot there. Would have been. I always leave things to the last minute. 
Mm. And you even saying you even saying like so blase. Oh, I always leave things to the last minute, and they and the, and everything's usually fine. I was mm. like, yeah, but trust me, this mm. this one won't be this fine. one. Yeah, I can, I can, if you I haven't can... done it now, just then just begin yeah. the process. Yeah, and then we were actually going to dinner with our friends um, Tarol and Eleanor, and I ended up just stuck to the computer for the first three hours of it because I was needed to do the form. I know. Uh, oh. Anyway, um, so. I went back to the UK, which was wonderful. Um, had some wonderful times. You know, I got off the plane. I forgot what a lovely accent they have in Bristol. He was just like, hello there, mate. <laughs> you sit there, I'll get you a wheelchair. And I was like, oh, how lovely. That was so, so adorable, so yeah. endearing. Uh, yeah. um, you know, I saw Lou and Luna. I saw Luna for the first time in ages. That was wonderful. That was yeah, glorious. Nice. Spent a wonderful weekend in Bristol with, with Lou and my parents. And that was really wonderful. Uh, and yeah, I just had a great time. Then Lou and I went to went to Liverpool, which was a stark contrast, especially in the accent. Mm. I wheeled past some lady, and uh, <laughs> I heard her say to her toddler, like, "Because his legs don't move." <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was allowed to reverse engineer, like, what what the kid was. The kid was obviously like, "Why you know, is he in a chair? It's on wheels." Because <laughs> his legs don't move. <laughs> and I just thought that's really funny. Just like you know, the hello there, mate. You you know just the stark contrast of like the lovely endearing Bristol accent and then the well you know I'm not going to say anything I, I, the, the, I, yeah. the people in Liverpool are lovely and charming I quite I do actually really like the Scouse accent it's it's a very I I find it a friendly it's it's just, it's just it can be a bit sharper though mm. it can be a bit yeah harsher it was funny it was just a funny observation the, mm, the sort yeah, of yeah. The, the soft Bristol mm. welcome to like uh, the the yeah, the Scouse what's he doing What's he doing? What's he doing? Yeah. Anyway, you right there, my mate? <laughs> <laughs> Funny, but yeah, I had a great time. I had a really, really, really wonderful time, and then I got to fly in a plane back on my own, and and just remember thinking that, wow, you know, like, like I might be in a wheelchair, but I can still fly in a plane, and that was a really enlightening, freeing, wonderful. You know, I mean, it's it's obvious. Mm. You know, like most epiphanies are mm. like a firm grasp of the obvious. Oh, you can do this mm. yes yes you can mm. and I was like cool so I can fly back to the UK and bridge the gap anytime I want which is yeah, great great but um tell me about your time in the UK because you were also there uh yeah I had a wonderful time um I went back um to see mum um hadn't seen mum for for about a year so it was fantastic to go and see her I, and I sort of allotted uh a solid two-week period at the beginning just to just to dedicate to mum which was so nice for for both of us um, it was really great. Uh, you know, I wasn't up in my head or in my in my diary like, oh, I've got this work to do or I've got these people to go and see or these friends to catch up with. It was just, you know, a nice consolidated um, period of time that me and mum could just hang out. And she had a few jobs around the house that she wanted me to do. She wanted me to extend the pond so, uh, so it was a more comfortable place for the, her new ducks um, mm. to splash around in. And, yeah, I just got a chance to meet the... The chickens and the ducks, which are a new addition to the to the family, and um, I and it was wonderful seeing the photos you were sending me, and it just sounded, it just looked like you were having this idyllic time where you just like blocked out some time with your mum, and you were there with mm. the chickens and the ducks and the little pond, and mm. it looked it looked uh, it was, beautiful. It was absolutely idyllic. It was a re- it was a really wonderful period of time, and then yes, I, I had some more time to to pop around the UK here and there, um, catch up with friends, go up and see um, see Matt and Kiki and in Norfolk who um uh who own the deli um and um 
still designing a mural for them, which yeah. um, which is is coming together and looking pretty cool. I think uh, I think they're pleased with it. Now it's one of your art projects you've got going on at the it moment. Is. It looks yeah, amazing. Yeah. It's yeah, very it's, cool. It's getting there. I'm, Slightly I'm, different to the last one. You're not painting it. You're designing some yeah, sort well, of. Well, very different. It's definitely very different to any other art that I've really done before. I've done a few few murals in the past that haven't quite um, been exactly to my style. Um, mm. But this one, yeah, this one is definitely definitely very. Um, very new to me but it's, it's, it's great I'm doing lots of learning and um, I think it's going to look great so uh, according <clears> to my understanding of it you're, you're building some sort of wallpaper that's going to be put- yeah well the space in their deli is is 13 metres by by 3 metres I think 13 is a stretch I think it's 12 actually um, and um, yeah it was just a bit of a, a large undertaking and they were they were a little bit apprehensive about not knowing what I might produce exactly and and um, this way, it seemed we all got what we wanted. We found a company online that prints wallpaper as a mural, not not in pattern. Mm. So I was able to design it all digitally. You know, we can have a uh, a normal back and forth as as I would with another with any other client. Um, you know, can you change this? Can you do that? Can that crab be bigger? Can that jellyfish be p- pinker? Whatever. Mm. And then we can come across, you know, something that we're all happy with, and um, and I don't have to paint it, yeah. Which, uh, which is a massive ex- expenditure, you know, for myself when I'm when I'm taking on a, a mural job. It's uh, not only do I have to design you an illustration, which would usually cost, you know, a fair amount of money. Now I've also got to paint it onto a, mm. you know, a, a five by ten wall or whatever it is. So yeah, I think this is going to be a great. Uh, it's certainly a new venture for me in terms of my illustration. It's a lot to do. Because mm. uh, I've actually got on Illustrator a 12, 12 meter by by three meter file, so oh, yeah. it Enormous. eats up the RAM on my computer. Yeah, the, yeah. When the when the illustration is open, so is the little ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, <clears throat> but hopefully it will mean you know the quality is exceptional and um, yeah, it was great. So I was, yeah, it was a wonderful time in the UK, and then um, spent some time with Katie. She came over to the UK and uh, met Mum, and I met her sister, and it was. Yeah, it was lovely. We did a bit of um, bit of bouncing around the country and having a having a wonderful time. And then, before you know it, it was time to time to come back. Yeah, and can I can I can I bring up the elephant in the room? Oh. <laughs> the big blue rusty elephant in the room. <laughs> As some of you may or may not know, obviously I I have have a van a van that runs on vegetable oil that I am um, uh, biodiesel biodiesel and yeah. uh, a van that you are constantly plowing money into well i mean it sounds like that but it's actually not the case if you really if you really break it down it doesn't actually eat that much of my money i complain about it more than it actually messes up i mean there's been a lot if if early listeners remember how you got the van yeah that wasn't a good start (laughs) wheel wasn't a good relationship (laughs) the wheel fell off the van i mean yeah while that you know (laughs) logistically was a nightmare like the actual mechanics of the van you know i just put the wheel back on yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just loose. I know, yeah, but it's <laughs> but just so funny how that started. Hilarious, yeah, yes. How the van tipped on the motorway, and then you know all the welding and all the all, and then everything, and then you know finally you're ready to pack up and drive yeah. back. And so, well, the van had done fantastic work. It had you know driven me to the west coast of France and back. It had driven me back up to back up to England without a hitch. There's thousands of thousands of miles, all for free. Mm. You know, fantastic. What a beautiful you know gift to be able to just you know tra- traverse the country and back to england for not a penny mm. incredible um and then i got it back to the uk and got it some ot seen to and they were like this is fucked 
And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know it's fucked. You know, just can can you just tell me exactly how fucked it is? And they're like, it's fucked. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's fucked. Just, you know, I want a detailed description of just how fucked I am. Um, and, you know, the guy who did it just like, you know, clearly just saw a few red flags and was like, I can't be, I can't be bothered with this. Mm. So, you know, it, just trust me. It's fucked. And I was like, okay. So I <clears throat> sort of um, started postulating, you know, I'm going to scrap it. Mm. Uh, the, 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 the cheapest option for me here is to throw it away. Yeah. Um, I remember getting the message. For, I've actually, it was a voice note. And said, Look, I really want your honest opinion. Shall mm. I keep plowing money into this project mm. or should I scrap it? And I was like, oh, I just don't know, man. I, mm. It's really hard for I, me to say. But like, I sent that message far and wide and 100% of the time the response was, yeah, just, just put a bit more money into it. If you're going to save it, be serious about it and, um, and make it work. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, it's probably a good idea. I don't want to. It's not a good sensation to throw it away, especially with the petrol crisis everywhere and mm. things like that. And I was like, oh, okay. But it seemed like a, it just, I was like, oh, okay, all right, okay. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. And um, and then I looked at getting it fixed and it was it was too much. It was yeah. like, it was it was, it was 2,000 2, pounds to get it fixed and that's not really money that I had available yeah. well, I, I didn't have that money <laughs> mm. um, so I so I threw that idea out, out, out the window and just kind of you know started resigning myself to the fact that you know I'm going to hand over the keys and the van to Scrappy and he's going to give me a hundred quid for it and I'm you know going to be sad yeah it's so funny because I, I was I was totally thinking oh okay you're going to scrap the van and I was thinking oh that's quite a good thing because in a way, that's gonna that's gonna be a relief, you know. Like you you will no longer be like, oh, there's something else is wrong with the van, blah blah blah. Like this is gonna be behind you, and you're probably gonna get a decent vehicle, mm. perhaps, and and you're gonna move on from this sort of van mm. dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then all of a sudden you were like, oh, I'm gonna get the van fixed, and I was like, oh, really? And yeah, well, I I I changed I changed my mind because I started postulating how I would get back, and it looked really simple and really easy. Like you know, a flight was twenty five euros. I was like, that's that's affordable. I can mm. afford twenty five euros mm. plus the passenger locator form. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but then I came across the issue that you know I have a mountain of stuff, um, so many so many things, a life's worth of stuff. Um, that was, you know, currently residing, you know, in my mum's dining room and spare room. And, you know, that's not really fair to leave that sort of stuff with her, um, which is what I would have had to have done. Um, and it's not very, uh, you know, it just wasn't an acceptable option to just fly back and, and leave mum, you know, with with a mountain of, of, of my worldly possessions. So um, so I started looking at other options to get back um, with all my things, um, like renting a van, paying for shipping, etc., and it was all costing, you know, 1,500 upwards, basically, to get it back. Mm. And I thought, you know what, I'll rather just chuck on the extra 300, 400 quid and get the van fixed and just have have the van back. So I, so I did. It ended up costing 2,000 pounds to get the van fixed, which is, you know, more of the money that I borrowed to get that done. And, um, <laughs> and then two days prior to the departure... It back to France broke down just didn't start mm. just didn't start and I was like okay cool don't panic you have just poured you know all of your available funds into this that aren't even yours okay how does how does that look <laughs> not great but you know I mean I was so lucky again to have this you know help from Barbara and it was it was wonderful that I was able to do that 
it was very sad that it didn't start. Um, so unfortunately, sorry, sorry, Mum, but the the van still resides in her driveway. But then you bought another van. I didn't buy a van. You, what was it? A car? A car? Just a car. You bought a car. Well, I didn't have any other options to get yeah. back, so I was like, oh, okay, the cheapest option available to me because I had to buy another vehicle. Just to buy buy a car, um, and one you know, and one that I could afford was was, was you know just just under a grand. Long story short, well, that you know, one broke down. Too. <laughs> I mean, it got me where it needed to get me, but yeah, I, I basically packed all of my stuff into this lovely little Honda and then drove all the way. All the way back and about four hundred miles to go. It started juddering like mad, and um, <clears throat> yeah, and then it just sort of hobbled, hobbled the remaining four hundred miles, getting slower and slower. You know, the top speed being sixty, then fifty, then forty, and just clunk, 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 and um, and then it got to the got to the car park outside my house. Thank. <sighs> God, thank the Lord. Thank and then, the Lord. And then you un you actually got here with all your belongings. Yeah, got and all then, my belongings here. Then you went to I think it was we came to drive to my house, and you were like, ah, oh, no, I, the I, car, I, the car won't start. I basically got here. I needed to get here at a particular time because I had a job that oh, I needed right. to do yeah, with, yeah. with Luke, and I ended up I, I got here at three thirty in the morning because I drove very slowly. And then had work the following morning at six thirty. Oh God, yeah, I remember. And then that, I was yeah. working a thirteen-hour shift in the freezing cold snow, yeah. and I was feeling very tired, very cold. And then Katie was like, "Oh, we're going to dinner at Leanne's after you finish." And I was like, "Oh, are we? Good. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll be lovely." I was actually looking forward to it, um, but I was just really tired. Yeah. And then I went out. Uh, you know, I came back in, had a shower and everything. And I was like, "Okay, cool, wicked. Going to go see." KC, AV, Leanne, Josh, yeah, Kate, yeah. it's going to be lovely. Got in the car and it just went, click, 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 and just, you know, the the arse fell out the end of it. And uh, I was like, and I was just in the middle of the car for supermarket car park. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. I'm just, <laughs> just going go just to gonna go home. I'm going to go to bed. So I just like, just left the car. What in a the great car excuse for, for me <laughs> not to go to, to yeah. And uh, yeah, I went, went back in, went to bed and the, and the, the car's still in the car park. Mm. Not been towed yet. Not been towed yet. Oh, that's funny. That mm. is funny. Mm. Uh, um, anyway, enough about your um, automobile troubles. Mm, plenty of them. Yeah, you've had enough of that. But it's it is quite funny that you you know your van broke down, then you bought a car, and then yeah. that broke down, and yeah. unfortunately, then I borrowed Luke's van, and that broke down. Oh God, yeah, fuck. Oh my God, yeah, you borrowed Luke's van to drive around my house. You stayed the night, and then when you went in the morning, the the clutch cable had gone, mm. and then Martine had come over and was like, "Oh, who's this, is that van?" I was like, "Oh, it's Benji's." And she, <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, bloody Benji!" I was like, it, it, "The clutch cable broke. I promise. Like he's gonna get it moved. He's gonna get it towed like immediately." So yeah, you do yeah. have a real knack of like yeah. breaking vehicles. Yeah, yeah, it's dangerous, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's, it's, can I borrow your car? Like? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, anyway, um, hard fork away. Um, I did want to talk about. Uh, we spoke about the podcast recently about how what direction we wanted to take it in, and we thought that one of the really good things that we could do was to like listen to audiobooks and then unpack mm. them on the podcast. Which is actually one of the things I really missed while you were away. I I, I read Sapiens. I read Homo Deus, um, and I, there was there was so many wonderful things I wanted to talk to you about on the podcast you know mm. like oh isn't this you know what about this and um, but we've both listened to Will recently which mm. was um, the autobiography of Will Smith and uh, maybe I wanted to discuss that with you yeah sure far away I feel like we have 
some slightly differing oh, opinions yeah. on it. Well, you said it was amazing. You were like, oh, God, it's so great. You should definitely listen to it. And I thought, yeah, okay, and I, and I will. You were filled with enthusiasm, so I downloaded it immediately mm. and listened to it. And I loved three quarters of it. Like mm. three quarters of it was was great. It was you know the story of Will Smith and narrated by Will Smith, performed by Will Smith. Wonderful, you know how he was how he became the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm. and you know like um you know come up in the rap scene, and he was he had like a tough childhood, but not really that tough, you know. It was it was you know, and then at the end of it, I I just felt a little bit like okay, cool. It was just an enormous success story. One success after the other, after the other, after the other. I'm the biggest movie star in the world. It felt like a big love letter to himself. Mm. And I was like, oh, cool. That's it. The end. Uh, and, and it felt like there was no, there was a distinct lack of struggle. And that's why I felt it was a little bit unrelatable and it was enjoyable, but I just felt like there was no hero arc. You know, there was no like, oh, and then I fell into some deep depression and like you know i lost it all it was just like that 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 exact thing happened it didn't though he was he it it felt like he was he just realized he was addicted addicted to success and was just like yeah i'm just i just want to be the best at everything oh and then yeah uh, but he did have uh like a fall from fall from grace and i i've got to disagree strongly with the the lack of struggle and suffering through uh, like interwoven through throughout it all really i can disagree more okay well what what did I miss? Well, okay, within the framework of 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 where he lived, like West West Philadelphia, shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Born uh, and raised. He, you know, he went to school with with you know, majoritively, well, you know, entirely white people. He went to a white school. So in terms of you know the 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 struggle of of being you know in a black neighborhood in a in a low income place, he didn't experience that too too much. He was a privileged version of what he knew or friends that were around him but there are plenty of anecdotes that give you a window into the fact that like wow this is this was really hard and I wanted to talk about this book in respect to you know actually this the ceremony we, we did recently mm. because it was it actually played into it really heavily and it made so much sense to me um because you know Will's you know, arguably the most popular man in the world. And wouldn't he like you to rem- remind you of that fact constantly throughout the book, referring to himself constantly as the biggest movie star in the world? Yeah. You know, and I- being like, oh, whenever we travel, we book out like the entire top floor of the hotel and, yeah, like, yeah. you know, a 20 deep entourage. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, mm. he's, yeah, I'm sure he's got an ego. Of course he's got an ego. The book is about the fact that he's got an ego. But also, you know, the, the story of, of his. Uh, his father striking his his mother. That's harrowing. I'm sorry, but like, it was you know when you like he experienced like racism light. Like if you know he yeah. Have you experienced racism? No, but like you know you, you hear harrowing stories of like you know of 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 racism and and he experienced some slight discrimination here. Yeah, but and you're there. comparing. You're comparing completely. Like from from his perspective. It's so clear that he was struggling an insane amount. So that, that's what I mean. In the early stages of the book, he struggled, but it wasn't an enormous struggle. It was just like, like, like a, almost like a regular struggle. Like it, it, and then that's what I mean. That that story of him coming up out of like Philadelphia, it's becoming. But then like it was just like, oh, and then I, you know, just smash success after success, and you know, I got paid the most for this. I was the biggest movie star. I worked the hardest, and. It just seemed like towards the end of the book, there was no, there was no 
you know, oh yeah, you know, my my, my wife thought I had a big ego and and I, and I did some, you know, ayahuasca and realized that, you know, I was addicted to success and there was no there was no lesson to be learned. There was no it, it still felt like he hadn't experienced any like deep suffering. But then I have to realize that I'm coming at this from someone who has experienced a lot of suffering. And I know people in my life who are suffering immensely with their mental health, like in much, much worse conditions than than Will Smith. And I was just thinking that all of his problems are enormous first world problems, man. You're like, oh, you're a little bit sad, like sometimes. Wow. I've got to say, I'm surprised that you're your lack of empathy for this, because it all all looks very well for him because of the money because of the places he lives and you know the, the his job etc but you know categorically it's possible to say that he was having a horrendous time like he he would vomit after after reaching reaching orgasm so if he was sleeping with with women he, he would orgasm and then vomit with the insecurity with the anxiety that he was experiencing like i can't actually even contemplate going through that level of internal suffering internal struggle that it you know without any intoxicants or anything i'm made to physically convulse and and vomit that's a huge a huge problem that's going on in his head internally and fuck knows what that looks like and i don't want to know what it looks like i've got my own struggles but I, i don't fancy those ones i'd say that was early again early on in the book like that was that was that was one of the better bits mm. and like he no no what i'm saying is like towards the end of the book it was just like it was just like i say it was just this huge love letter to himself like it was just you know he just kept referring to himself as you know i'm the biggest movie star in the world you know like and then he he went and did something normal and and seemed really ungrateful for it like and 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 like he, he i don't know he did have some introspection but it seemed really mild it seemed like uh, it seemed vacuous like when i read like books like Shantaram, for example, mm. uh, I was just like, wow, this guy struggled immensely. Mm. And I, and I, I, I've, you know what I mean? Like, like when, like Lou, for example, recently has gone through an immense mental health struggle. Um, I've gone through some suffering, like, you know, suffering a spinal cord injury and mm. stuff like that. And then, and like, even when his dad died and like, I was like, oh, you, you know, you got, a, you got a heads up, you know, like mm. you got to spend some lovely time with your father before he passed away. It's like, it wasn't even that sad. You got to like say goodbye for weeks and you know, you had this wonderful moment. I was just like, where is the, where's the, where's the, I don't know. I just felt like it was suffering light, you know, it was like Mm. diet suffering. Mm. It was, it was, it it just didn't, it wasn't, it Mm. didn't resonate with me. It wasn't relatable Mm. at all. It all is suffering just seemed, you know, just not that bad man like mm. it was you know like really that that's the worst thing that's ever happened to you well objectively yeah it's not a lot but my point is that it doesn't matter objectively what the suffering was it, it's like how you experience it and he experienced it as r- really fucking hard and the and the reason he kept repeating you know statistically why he was the biggest you know most expensive most well-paid um movie star was was to show like to throw into sharp relief the fact that it didn't work it doesn't it doesn't account for anything you can be the the biggest movie star in the world and you're still gonna have a fucking hard time and you don't even know why but i can fucking promise you it's gonna be fucking hard and it doesn't look hard to you because you've read a story of you know a paraplegic or you know a refugee and you're like that's hard like yes like objectively it is harder to be a uh, a refugee on a on a boat in the in the Mediterranean, 
but like internally like your struggles are the same and and will can't experience his his struggle as if he is a refugee in the in a, in the middle of the mediterranean on a boat that's not that's not available his struggle is is within the parameters of what it is like to be will and that looks like you know intense you know physical and, and mental insecurities like you know a fear of being understood as a coward so much so that you need to expand yourself to the largest ego person in the world in order to prove that you are not a coward, that you are loved, that you are accepted. But internally, you're fucked up. You are fucked up, as everyone is fucked up. And of course, we can we can look back and be like, yeah, I would definitely rather be Will than than the refugee in a boat. But that's that's what we can say from a removed perspective and my my feeling my sensation my from what i got the lesson from the book that was like fuck it doesn't matter what you do doesn't matter who you are it is going to be a struggle for you because life mm. is inexorably complicated and you you are incapable of understanding what it's like to be someone else and when when you are someone else you trust me there's something that's going to be difficult and there's so many things that we always we always look elsewhere we always look outwardly at other people we're like oh god wow that looks easy and you know what if it looks easy you're you're just not fucking looking hard enough mm. because it's 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 hard it's either, there's no one i know in life anywhere ever that is just that it's just got an easy ride and it it might look I know what you mean. Like everyone's going to be, everyone's going to experience some dissatisfaction in their life. I just felt like the things that he were he was unsatisfied with were completely unrelatable. Like just like you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I just feel like yeah, everyone is going to um to to feel dissatisfaction. You know, I just felt like a lot of the time it it just felt like he he it was it was coming from a, from a place of of entitlement you know and and very a huge lack of a lack of gratitude for mm. for the things that he he had achieved and just this wanting more 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 and I, and I, and at the end of the book it seemed like he hadn't really learned the lesson like i thought mm. oh you know he's gone to therapy he's gone done ayahuasca and it just seems like oh you know what now i'm going to do the best selling book and i'm just going to like brag about my life i just thought oh well what well what what was the lesson will like mm. like you don't seem any less humble mm. um he he well he did when i saw him on on graham norton he appeared to be a different different person which i didn't celebrate actually i was like oh where's the hey, jazzy jeff and carlton but um yeah. anyway yeah we'll agree we'll agree to disagree again uh it was really weird cuz i when i when I went, because it had like some five star reviews and I was like, OK, cool. I'm just going to like I went to leave my own review. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'm not the only one that feels this way. I was like, there were hundreds of reviews that echoed mm. my exact thoughts. I was like, oh, great. So I'm not alone in thinking this, that mm. like, you know, Will Smith's, you know, suffering wasn't mm. was was very privileged suffering mm. and therefore is quite unrelatable. Um, I don't know. Just, yeah. And I, what, when some of the things like he was saying, like oh, he really wanted to be there for for both of his kids, and he found out that he could fly to Japan and back, you know, because of the time zone, and like, mm. um, and you know, luckily that I, you know, I've got a private jet and I could fly back and forth across the world to be there for both of my kids, and I was like, wow, like cool, dude, like mm. good for you. Like I don't know, like like how is a how is a regular person supposed to respond to him being like luckily for me i have like an immense amount of resources to 
to fly my family back and forth across the world every day so I can, you know, mm. not have one of my kids feel slightly sad mm. or something. And I was, mm. I don't know, it was just, it, for me, it was just, it's it felt, there was a distinct lack of like, get it together, mate. Your, your life ain't that bad. Sorry. Mm. Like, mm. everyone's going to feel sorry for themselves sometimes, but you mm. don't really. Yeah, anyway, mm. that's just how I felt. Mm, but yeah. it's good to it's good to you know disagree on things it's mm. good that we're not on the same page mm-hmm. and it's good that you had there were a lot of people that that really really liked the book um i just felt that it lacked something mm. and for me it lacked that relatability yeah i i can completely understand and agree with what you say and and i understand that you know it is not relatable to to imagine him flying to and from japan so he can see Trey's ball game and and still be there for the filming of, of Karate Kid for Jaden. It's a, it's a, it's a lot for for you to to empathise with. Mm. Um, but I, it really helped me. It really helped me to empathise with him. And I was I was I was thrilled to be able to see through the veneer of of, of fame and fortune and realise that that life is life is a struggle for everyone, everywhere, all the time, and and. You you that you can frame it hierarchically, but um, I don't think that it's necessary beneficial or to to be like well it'll be easy to be be Will Smith just as much as you know. I just feel like the the financial resources, the physical resources of flying a jet plane across the world many many times just so one of your kids doesn't feel a little bit left out is like wow like what could that money achieve like you could ease suffering for so many people you know like feed hungry people or you know just be some sort of yeah, you, can, you can always say that about about everything yeah i suppose you can it was just you know what are we doing having a conversation on this mic this mic would have would have fed you know fed many people don't eat the mic i mean the money for the mic <laughs> it's not it's not gonna be tasty <laughs> don't eat the mic yeah i i don't know it <laughs> we'll agree to disagree on that because uh, I think we have we have differing differing moments. But uh, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was uh, our recent ceremony. Mm. We had we had a wonderful ceremony. Um, yeah, it was. We jumped straight back into it, didn't we? Yeah, mm. it was great. I felt like I needed one, and and the the one way I could pin you down was to say, "There's a date and a time. Mm. Be there, or, be there, or don't." Yeah, yeah, and it worked. Went and like you were a charm, like, didn't yeah. it? Okay, I'm here. We. Yeah. And uh, well, where to begin? Um, my one of my intentions was to. Uh, what, what, my, oh, I want to actually just bounce back into my, to my previous ceremony before this one. Uh, and we're talking psychedelic ceremony here. One of the things that was, was you know, I was like really struggling with my mum coming over and me going to the UK and like everything being so expensive and, you know, the anxiety of flying. And then I was just filled oh, with... how like... privileged of you. Oh, it was difficult, was it? <laughs> difficult to fly, was it? To see your mum? Oh, oh, how awful. <laughs> All right, well... Anyway, my how do you like that mirror? Hmm? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Good observation. Um, well, my point was that uh, I. Uh, what was my point? Now you've made. <laughs> my I'm point was that I, that I was I was very much uh, you know holding up the magnifying glass and being like oh you know like I can't 
travel on a shoestring because I've got to stay in bloody, you know, wheelchair accessible hotels. Which stay are really... in expensive places. Oh, it's oh, awful. <laughs> you've, just, you've just set me up to just pull you down. I'm sorry. I, that's the last time. It's so difficult that I've got to go to the, all these expensive places. Well, yeah. I'll, I, mean, I'll, 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 I, I'll I can't, you know, yeah, I have yeah. to go mm. to wheelchair accessible hotels mm. and, and they, they're expensive. And mm. So anyway, my the, the, the ceremony like was, was like, oh, you know, like, basically just reminded me to spread the love which was really wonderful so I remember thinking one of the things I really want to do is just be nice to everyone uh, I'm going to go to a place where I have the luxury of being native uh, a speaker of the language so I can mm. talk to ev- everyone like very eloquently so I'm going to be nice to everyone everyone that mm. works in service everyone that works in hospitality everyone that works at a hotel I'm going to be really fucking nice to them <laughs> you know and like overtly so and so much mm. so that when we got to the hotel um Lou was quite surprised because in my mind, I'd almost rehearsed this during the yeah. ceremony. And I was like, hey, your name's Peter too. My name's Peter. Hey, how are you doing? And I was just like, just really nice. And then Lou was like, what are you doing? Why are you being so like really like friendly towards this this guy? And I was like, oh, well, obviously you, you weren't there, but I was, um, I was, is that someone at the door? No, 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 it's... Okay. It's just there. Okay, cool. Anyway, um so I was like, oh yeah, you, obviously I just I just had this wonderful experience of like spreading the love to people and just being nice to everyone and and being nice to that woman on the plane, being nice mm. to everyone and it was it was just really really nice. So during this ceremony, one of my intentions was like, oh, you know, last time my intention was to spread the love. Um, you know, my purpose, sorry, was to spread the love. Can you just remind me of that? Mm. And um and we were talking about artwork and and how like um sometimes people don't want to pay for like these commissioned artworks you know blah 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 mm. and, and and just all sorts of things and then i had this like wonderful like ebenezer scrooge moment of just like <gasps> why am i trying to monetize christmas i should just give my artwork away so uh, mm. all these like commissioned pieces um that i was that i was doing i started i started giving them away and i was mm. like i'm just going to give them away to people and you were talking about uh the unbearable uh which is your which is your clothing thing mm. and you're like oh yeah you know everyone was like really supportive but no one wants to buy them and i was mm. like oh, i'll buy i'll buy benji's shirts and i'll yeah. give them away to people for, for christmas <laughs> presents like that that's so wonderful and i just had this like wonderful thing of just like oh you know christmas is all about giving it's not about taking how wonderful and it was just really this beautiful light bulb moment went on where i just had these heart-shaped eyeballs and i was just like i'm just gonna give stuff away i'm gonna give people artwork and give you know buy things and it was just it was just really really beautiful really really wonderful filled me up with love again overflowing Mm. with love and um and then it was yeah and then you know yeah you had a you had a obscene amount of of energy it was actually really really wonderful to be wonderful to be in the presence of uh, but i was quite overwhelmed by it Mm. i was um i was you know you know sat um, lying down across the across the room with the you know the pillow over my head as as usual, and you're like, well, well, well. I'm like, I actually can't even look at you right <laughs> yeah. now. But it was a, uh, it. I was able to take on what you were saying, mm. and I just wanted to be clear to you. I said, listen, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look at you because it's it's actually too much for me right now. Mm. But um, it was just me trying to express that, like, hey, you don't, you don't have to perform. You don't have to, you know, yeah. have all these hand gestures and, you know, speak fluidly and eloquently. I'm just going to I'm going to be here and I'm going to be listening mm. and I want to hear what you've got to say. And it's it's nice to be able to sort of convey that and and take away the pressure that um, that often, you know, all of us have when we're in a social interaction and you someone's listening to you and you feel you have to 
you know you feel like you have to reciprocate win their attention mm. and and you know maintain their interest and and sometimes that can feel quite pressurized so we'll we'll fill time with like um uh uh like and uh wait yeah. oh and you know or you'll or we'll gabble but um when you're aware that someone's just going to listen to you and you can you can take your time and you can say whatever you want to say when you want to say it it just gives you a lot more space to space to speak and you just had so much to 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 say and give and it was so inspiring and I was like oh my god he's going to it's also quite intense <clears throat> for you and I and I realized what you were saying a bit later on when the roles were reversed and mm. like you'd sort of like got it a bit together and then you were talking and I was like oh, there's so much input coming at me right now like mm. aud- audible and visual like mm. you know because you know an insane amount of psychedelics were consumed mm. so I was looking at you I was like oh I can't I know what you mean now. I can't look at you. I, I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna listen to you because this. It's way too much information for my brain to process. Yeah. Uh, and it was. It was. And I can imagine now, like what it was like for me, because I was like, Oh my god, Benji had this amazing epiphany. I'm just gonna yeah. give all my artwork away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And normally we have a very introspective uh, ceremony, and this turned into like half introspection, half sort of recreational, conversational, mm. which was beautiful. We spoke about so much, so many things, and you know, I think we told each other we loved each other like so many I fucking love you I fucking love you <laughs> uh, and it was just wonderful we spoke about the podcast we spoke about all sorts and mm. uh, it was just it was just phenomenal it was really really good mm. and you came up with some amazing ideas about like um, God's therapist and stuff uh, like that yeah well it was it was an interesting ceremony for me because uh, I didn't feel I needed one particularly but I just sort of you know jumped, jumped on board because it was you know it's never a bad idea um, it became comical really quickly. It was a very, um, very fun and jovial interaction that I, that I got to have. Um, and uh, as as per usual, I'll ref- I'll refer to whatever, whoever as as God, just because I, I find it, find it easier. To... You use the term loosely, yeah. Yeah, I use not, the term loosely. Not, not religious in a religious. Yeah, way, exactly. Just... But it's just a nice, easy three-letter word that works for me. And very, very quickly at the beginning, God was like, oh, hello, you're always asking, aren't you? You've always got a problem, haven't you? Yeah, and uh, and I realised, you know, I was like, oh, I need help with, you know, this, and I'm struggling with that. And it's, I, I was suddenly made aware that if I was in a relationship, if I was God and I was in a relationship with me, I would break up with me. <laughs> Because all I'm doing is moaning and asking for help and having a hard time and blah, this, that, the other. And um, and actually, I never used these, you know, really um, wonderful, beautiful spiritual communions as as a, an opportunity to be like, hey, thank you, or wow, this is, you know, I really love this, that, or the other. Um, I'm always like, oh, this is this is hard, and God's just sort of sat there, and she's just sat at her desk, having just like you know manifested the universe out of her butthole, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but it's difficult because you know I'm having a hard time because my car is broken or whatever, and yeah. she's just like, oh my fucking god, I mean, oh my me, <laughs> don't you? And uh, and then we just got into this like funny communication. That was based on um, uh, how difficult how difficult life is, and um, God started to sell it to me as in like you know would I buy life if life was available to purchase? And I'm like, well, I don't know, you know what do you, what do you what do you get? 
what do you get with life? Well, well, okay, you get to live on Earth, by the way, first of all. What a location, fucking hell. Because, I mean, you can tell, I know, your species has been looking elsewhere, billions of miles in all directions. That planet's on fire, that one's made of gas, that one's made of ice. The one you're on's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Trust me, the grass is not greener with this one. (laughs) And, um... And then it goes on to be like, you know, and and, and then and then what what else do I get? You know, well, we get a body. Oh, tell, what's a body? Tell me, tell me what's a body. Well, basically, you know, it's, a, it's this thing, and you can you can eat and you can move and you can fuck. What's that? Oh, trust me, you're gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and how do I how do I maintain this piece of operational you know machinery? Like, oh, just it's easy. Just you know, feed it, water it, and and rest it, and then it just does all this stuff for you. And I'm like, oh, that's. Breathe. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and and uh, and this conversation continued like more and more. Oh, I've, I've forgotten actually my my train now, unfortunately. Well, we were talking about uh, God's God's therapist. That's uh, that's 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 the thing that made me laugh the most when you were saying it, if God had a therapist. Mm. Oh bloody hell! You know, I've given them the earth. I've literally yeah, yeah, given yeah. them the earth. You know, it's just the right distance away from the sun to have an atmosphere. You know how difficult that is. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, all they do is bloody complain. They always come to me and be like, "Oh, my life's difficult." You mm. know, "Oh, my relationship's complicated." <laughs> you know, like "Oh," and uh, and then I, <laughs> we had this. Well, I was howling with laughter because I was complaining about the snow. Mm. There was just so much snow. It was just such a ball ache for everyone. And I was uh, imagining God complaining to to his therapist, being like. You know, every single one of those snowflakes was individual. As individual as they are, every single I crafted every single one of those billions of snowflakes. Every single one different. And all they do is fuck it out, all this snow. God, <laughs> such an inconvenience, you know? So ungrateful. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was just I was howling with laughter, man. We were we were both just bloody mm. oh man i was i was making some funny noise i was squealing yeah you were I, I was actually was squealing with yeah. laughter mm. especially some of the things to do with like uh my disability and stuff mm. <laughs> oh god it was so so funny yeah anyway uh it was wonderful and you and you you got a lot out of it as well didn't you yeah it was a very it was very helpful felt helpful ceremony and, and again that's why it's sort of related to the to the will book and it, i was i was coming to to God and just say, you know, saying how these things were difficult. And God was like, well, of course it's difficult because, you know, this is, you know, that's, that's life. Trust Mm. me. It's difficult. Like, you know, that's why it's so difficult. You know, there's no other livable planet within the vicinity because it was fucking difficult. Okay. Do you get it? And I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll take life. Yeah. It look, it looks all right. You know, what's available. And God's like, well, there's this uh, this um, poverish Asian woman in the uh, 1500s. How do you look, look at that? No, no, that looked difficult. Yes, yes, it is difficult. <laughs> yeah. Life is difficult. What about that one, though? What about that one? He looks quite rich. Yeah, he, he is rich, but, you know, trust me, it's difficult. <laughs> what about this one? That one over there, he's the biggest movie star in the world. Like, what did I tell you? It's going to be fucking difficult. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, and and it was it was just a nice sort of um, understanding that you know, you, you no one's no one's got an easy ride, and it, it, it might look look like that, and um, and actually you know, whatever life you choose, it's it's going to be difficult for one reason or another. How can it not be? Because it's you know it's fucking complicated, and these questions and the, the these difficulties and these struggles that we're always coming to God with, you know, it must be 
must be fucking annoying. And I sort of, you know, realized or, or felt that, you know, was, oh, God is essentially the ultimate parent. Mm. And, and what we ask of God is 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 perfection. When you come with when you come with a specific problem or a struggle, you expect God to have the absolute right answer. You expect absolute, you know, perfection, in, infallibility, and that's an unreasonable thing to expect of anyone, anything in the universe. And and that was a really interesting moment for me. And I was, and it was in that moment I was like, fuck, you know how does it feel to be God and, and, and have people just coming all the time, every fucking prayer, like, oh, can I just win the lottery? Oh, can I just get on with my brother? Can I just, you know, mm. can I just have a better job? Can I just have this? And God's like, for fuck's sake, just give me five minutes peace. <laughs> and then that's when I was just like imagining God on a therapist who, you know, has got to have a fucking good therapist to, to, mm. to listen to God because, you know, she's got, she's got a lot on her plate. Mm. Um, so, so I think actually a good little insight i've had is in my is our is our different takes on on the book will i think is because i find it hard to empathize with other people's suffering i think because of my own suffering which sounds really really awful actually sometimes i see people like i you know i bump into them at like at, at rehab or <clears throat> or you know and i'm like oh what's happened and they're like oh i've hurt my ankle I'm like oh and then for them, that's really bad. It's the beginning of the season, you know, they're like mm. hobbling around like oh, that suck. That really sucks for you. But for me, I'm like, oh, how, what a mild inconvenience that will heal, mm. you know? And it's like, I, I'm in a wheelchair and, and I know, and I, I, I hate that about myself. I don't like that. Uh, I don't empathize, empathize with people when they have like, you know, a, a hurty knee mm. or, you know, like, or like, you know, a little bit or something that I know is going to heal. Like, oh, mm. well, yeah. And, you know, in three months time, that'll be, mm. all, you know, almost completely healed in a year. You would have forgotten about it. Like, mm. um, and I don't like that insight about myself. <clears throat> like, oh, your suffering isn't, isn't as bad as my suffering. Mm. So it's like not valid, but I, I guess that's not, do you know what I mean? I guess, yeah, I just don't think that's fair. It's not fair. It's absolutely not fair. Mm. It's just, I think, and I'm trying not to be a dick about it. You know, mm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be better. Because mm. equally there's, there's, you know, vastly huge amounts of people who are, you know, lower on the suffering ladder than you are and, and would, would, would find it easy to look at you and, and feel the same. Mm. Like, oh, well, doesn't the legs don't work, but he's you know whatever. Like, you know, I can, I can that, go on. That's another thing that I'm really. That's why I, I pour that into my gratitude journal every mm. day. I'm, I'm thankful I've got a warm home. Mm. You know, it's snowing outside. I've got I've got a car that works. I've got like a a lovely group of friends. You know, <clears throat> I I I'm so grateful every day, mm. and that's why I see you know like people that I think the opposite of gratitude is entitlement. You know, when people see sort of small inconveniences as as mm. You know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Do you know, mm -hmm. I yeah, I, I understand. I understand what you mean, but our our spectrum of 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 suffering, I feel, <clears throat> is is always on a, on a one to ten. It's just the parameters of what that one to ten are is what is open for you know for variation over the course of your life in different experiences and situations. So, if someone is suffering because you know they they are, you know, emotionally wounded from watching their mother be beaten, and you know they're, you know, a big movie star. They, that's that's their spectrum of operation. So when they're at zero, that it's still zero. You know, no one isn't. You know, you're not more devastated. 
you're not more devastated than a devastated person when you're devastated. Mm. That kind of doesn't make sense, but, you know, <clears throat> it would be unfair to... to like, there must be a spectrum of uh, of emotion, for sure. It must differ. Some people must be able to be happier than others. Some people must be able to be sadder than others. But generally speaking, when when someone loses a loved one, that grief looks relatively similar in terms of how people respond. So basically, we respond <coughs> to to our situations with the spectrum of emotion that we have. And that's why that hierarchy is not fair to call to say one would be better than the other mm. objectively yes it would if you were if you were standing outside of being those people and you're like oh, i'll pick will thanks i, I you know mm. i don't i don't want to be in a wheelchair i'll i'll pick will but once you were will you would find that you were placing certain things at 0 and placing th- certain things at 10 and that 0 and 10 won't be different to your 0 and 10 there's not a 0 and 10 within a hundred and you don't fall here you you fall within what you are able to experience and 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 i think that's you know i don't think that's that interchangeable yeah i i think you're right i think you're exactly right and i think you've said something to me before which which really stuck to, to me and i think you said something like the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you mm. and and that's true you know like it might not it might not be comparatively the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone, no. but it's it's your point of reference. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I found that um, similarly having coming back from from Cali and spending a lot of time just in in the presence of people who had horrendous horrendous lives, objectively speaking, living in refugee camps. You know, not having a home, not having a stable you know, source of food, not having clean or, or warm clothes, you know, being in, in at danger of theft, r- rape, you know, death all, on mm. a regular basis, disease. It was horrific. And when I came back, I was unable to experience problems as problems. Um, mm. And that was re- that was really hard for the people around me because I had no empathy for, for genuine problems, like first world problems, like, you know, being kicked out of your house or whatever. And I was like, that's not a problem. That's, mm. You know, you just 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 rent another one. Look, there's a website for it right here. It's literally right. Mm. I've already found you one, mm. but that's so unfair to tessellate that that level of suffering on someone else's because it doesn't. They can't feel it. That doesn't make it easier for them. You can only feel what you know, what you're, what you've been privy to. Well, I guess you're right. I I think it's something I need to work on my, myself. I'm, I'm not. Uh... Yeah, I I think yeah you're absolutely right. You make a very good point. Oh, thanks very much. That's very kind of you. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, yeah, I will uh, take this moment to announce our new sponsors. We the uh, the unbearable. Co.uk. So that's uh, my uh, my clothing company that I've just just started, and uh, it's um it's been something I've been thinking about for a while, and I'm 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 quite proud to to be the to be the artist that does it and I will be doing more and more art and releasing more episodes but it's basically uh, it's a carbon negative t-shirt um, printed by a company in the UK called I Dress Myself and they use a uh, renewable energy to power the factory they use water-based inks they um, feed all their staff vegan food they uh, they couldn't be doing any more basically in the direction of making a sustainable um, printing factory and um, <clears throat> and so I use them 
and and then I offset uh, any any remaining carbon that's burnt by getting the t-shirts um, to me and then to the customers um, by using a company called Ecology. And uh, basically, I can buy trees or like carbon reduction by the ton, and so about uh, a pound from every t-shirt goes into into Ecology, which is you know more than enough to um to um to pay for the carbon that it costs. And then when you pay for a t-shirt, you get to do well. You don't donate. Well, we donate. You and me donate to either Montanvert uh, Refugee Community Kitchen, um, free movement skateboarding, or Choose Love, which are charities that I've previously been involved with. Mm. So I would love it if you could check it out. Um, it's on on the internet. If you've heard of that before, yeah, we'll put a link. We'll put a link. Theunbearable.co.uk, and yeah, yeah, order yourself a t-shirt, and um, after. After a month or so, it'll arrive. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Okay, great. So I think that was uh, that was our Christmas special episode. Mm, wasn't as Christmassy as we thought, was it? It wasn't that Christmassy, no. No. But, um, uh, I've got a joke. Oh, well, of it's course. Not, it's not a Christmas joke. We, we always end on a joke. Yeah, so. yeah. Do you fancy it? You yeah, ready for it? I'm ready for it. Okay, so um, the Dalai Lama walks into a uh, pizza takeaway shop, takes a moment, looks at the wall, peruses the menu... Walks up to the counter and says, "Could you make me one with everything?" <laughs> Very nice. Thanks. One with everything. Yeah. Mm. I love it. Okie doke. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks very much, guys. Big love. Ciao. Peace and love. Ah.